Welcome, everybody, to the Grow People Podcast with Pastor Jason, that guy right there. That's me. Lead pastor at Revolution Church. My name is David Stein, and I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location. For everybody listening in the car, roll down your windows. Uh, get If it's re- not raining. Yes, if it's not raining. And get ready to yell. Uh, the purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to help grow people. Grow people. <laughs> we both turned away from the mic and covered our hands. Yeah, I don't know why we do that. Because uh, well, um, it gets real staticky if we don't. Yes. Um, well, an, an exciting and emotional couple of weeks for the Gertis family as uh, you have taken Jackson to college. Uh, how'd that go? Uh, what's it like in the house? It was good. I was hoping for a longer answer than that, but <laughs> but we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> I can't talk about it without getting verklempt. Um, no, it, w- it was really amazing. Uh, yeah, we moved him in. He had to be there two weeks early for football camp before school starts. And I honestly had prepared myself and prepared was prepared for my wife as well to get very emotional. Uh, cause she leaks from her eyes all the time, but honestly, neither one of us cried that day, mm. which was quite miraculous. Um, people say the Holy spirit doesn't do miracles anymore, but no, it was a really <laughs> fun day. Um, we had a lot of fun getting him set up in his dorm and they had activities for, you know, all the families and stuff. So we ate dinner and had parent meetings and that kind of stuff. So it was a really good day. Um, what what's interesting, and I knew this would come, is like that day was super fun. We we worked until midnight and didn't get home till one thirty in the morning. Um, but I actually got emotional like several days after on his first day of of physical practice because I was I, I had read this great quote and I sent it to him and it was a pretty long quote and when I sent it to him and then he responded back he was like oh that's a really good quote. I got emotional then thinking about it because I realized uh, even though he's left our house, I can still be an influence on him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different. Now. Right. I'm not going to see him every day to tell him these things face to face, but I can still be an encouragement to him. Yes. I can still be there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thinking about that, when I sent him that quote, I got that is when I kind of got emotional and, and that we've had those times a couple of times. Um, Cause you know, we're so excited for him to, he's, you know, he's in a leadership and discipleship development program for four years. So that part of his life is mm-hmm. going to be developed. And then he's playing football. And so his physical life and his leadership skills are going to like, it's cool. He'll get to learn it and then like apply it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, I see my role now, which people have said this quite often, but Now I'm, you know, I move from commanding him to more of a coach, you know, Mm -hmm. just encouraging him. Mm -hmm. Um, And that shift has officially taken place. And so when I started thinking about that, that's when I got emotional, just how our relationship shifts now um, or has shifted, I should say, because he's a man, you know, he's an adult. And it's funny when we're filling out all the forms, you got to, oh my gosh, you have to fill out so many stinking forms. (laughs) And he has to actually, since he's an adult now, he has to actually give us permission to access all of his stuff. Wow. Um, and so they were joking, you know, not joking, but when we were going through all the orientation and stuff, they were like, yeah, make sure you have a conversation with your kid because of HIPAA laws and mm-hmm. FERPA, um, he, you know, has to give you access. And I told Lindsay, that sucker better give me access. We're paying for it, you know. <laughs> um but it so it's just things like that that are different now, you know, because he is an adult and he can sign his own name and you know all that kind of stuff. So oh, just so different from when uh, when I went off to college. Uh, I, I remember packing up my car and my parents were in the driveway and they were just waving. Yeah, like, there, there, there was no going to set up the room. They were like, "See ya." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know I would return and live at home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it that was a whole ordeal, man. Um, setting up his dorm room and, you know, they have furniture there obviously, but then we took furniture as well. Um, and so he wanted a suite, like I, he's got a pretty, we joke, he's had the, he has the nicest room he's ever had in his whole life. <laughs> and not, I'm not telling necessarily about cleanliness because it is an old building, but just the setup him and his roommate and his, that's a whole nother God thing. His roommate is a strong Christian guy from Florida. His dad is a pastor, um, and so his roommate is really, really cool dude. 
And they have the sweetest setup. Like their beds are bunked on kind of one side and on the other side, they have a, um, uh, what's the sofa that turns into a bed? Uh, a futon. Futon. Yeah, that's it. They have a futon, uh, flat screen TV, his PS5 what? desks. Like their room is kind of segmented into two parts the where the bed and then this lit, like literally a living room. With uh, and then one of the guys, uh, maybe it was his roommate. He's like, "This looks like IKEA," and I, and I joked, "I'm like, well, all this furniture is IKEA." <laughs> um, so it's a pretty sweet setup. Like, so from that standpoint, I after we set it up, I thought, "Dang, I don't want to leave. I want to yeah. live in this room." Yeah, this I, is a pretty sweet setup. Times have changed. I, I went to Lehigh University and Penitentiary. <laughs> that's what that's what it felt like. Uh, they, I thought it was like penitentiary was a name of in a oh, city no. <laughs> in Pennsylvania because y'all got some weird names we, up we there. We do have some weird names, yeah. uh, which is for another podcast. Yeah, we, I don't know. We'd have to mark this X-rated if we were going <laughs> to cover those names in Western. Is that Western Pennsylvania uh, or Central? South, South Central. South yep. Central. And, and they're real names. And if you've been to Amish country, you, you know. Which that's the funniest part. It's like the most X-rated names in the most religious section of our yep. country yep. in Amish country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's always a moment during the podcast where the idea pops into my head of, Oh, what's the title of this particular podcast? I have an idea right now, but it will not but be the title. It, <laughs> it will yeah. not be the title. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we're we're going to get into uh, something that you've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, in the gatherings. And that is the Holy spirit, the role of the Holy spirit in our lives. Uh, really, exciting stuff and and for a ton of folks groundbreaking stuff but we had a chance to talk to three people who were instrumental in what happened last month uh last month because of the generosity of uh revolution church the people of revolution the generosity of our communities we were able to provide backpacks and school supplies for 2000 kids in Cherokee and Pickens counties through give a kid a chance now, we had Hillside United Methodist Church in Woodstock, our two locations of Revolution Church, and I had a chance to sit down and talk with some of the people involved, and it went exactly like this. We are joined today by three rock stars. As Pastor Jason and I were just talking about what happened last month at three locations in Woodstock, in Jasper, and in Canton was remarkable. Uh, we're joined today by, and I will start right in the middle, the Director of Missions and Outreach at Hillside United Methodist Church, Sarah Schunemeyer. Hi. Hi. Good to have you here. Uh, campus Director at Revolution Jasper, our own Frank Bramble. Hello. And Revolution's Mission Minister, Zip Kane. Hello, sir. Thank you. You, you, went, you went deep there. Yes, That I was did. good. Yes, I did. Excellent. Uh, let's start with you, Zip. This was a enormous undertaking. How, how did it come about that we were able to serve in three locations, 2,000 kids and their families with backpacks and school supplies? So back in January, the Give a Kid a Chance team that had been running this for many, many years um, decided it was time to hand it over, uh, and they asked Revolution to do that, and they said that they thought it would bring it new life. Uh, so there was a few things that we changed, uh, the website, logo, a couple little things like that, but it couldn't have been done without the other two sitting right here next to me to pull this off, and it was a, it was a, it was it's a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. So, but great community partners, great staff, um, a lot of great relationships help mm -hmm. pull all this off. So first you, you mentioned that give a kid a chance came to revolution to, to ask, Hey, Hey, do you want to take this over? But one of the coolest moments, uh, of the entire day of give a kid a chance last month was when the founders were here and mm -hmm. they got to speak to all of the team members of, uh, what had happened in the past. And the team members got to see, hey, we're standing on the shoulders of some giants. Yeah, so Corey Steinberg, actually, she was one of the first people to greet me in the building. And she has been running Give a Kid a Chance for a very long time. And as soon as I saw her, she bursted out into tears <laughs> and gave me a big old hug and was just super excited about the day before it had even started. So she was very thankful and was pleasantly surprised on what she was seeing. Okay, we're going to come back to you because I, I want to know more of the details, some behind-the-scenes stuff, the community partner involvement uh, with Give a Kid a Chance. Sarah, 
uh, Hillside had been uh, on the fringe of Give a Kid a Chance for many years, but what was it like to dive in and partner with other churches in your communities? Well, in, in one word, it was amazing. Um, we traditionally at Hillside, our role has been a turnkey operation, and we've lent our building and said, here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a call from Zip either in February or March. And I, I don't know what this looks like, um, but Revolution has been asked to to uh, step in to give a kid a chance. And we'd love for Hillside to continue being a partnership or being in partnership with us. And, um, you know, are you interested? And I uh, tend to not always think through my decisions. So I said, yeah, <laughs> we're interested. So uh, it's it was a huge learning experience for us at Hillside, but I would do it a thousand times over. It was an amazing day. What kind of response did you get from the people of Hillside? Enthusiasm that was tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, the Sunday, it was um, it was pretty incredible how excited the entire body was. Um, so I would say we had, we had an amazing response. So coming out of this, uh, are your people hungry for more? Absolutely. It was really encouraging to me within the week following i got multiple text messages i want i want to be involved in this next year let me help you next year so i'm really looking forward to what this brings for the future too frank uh, we have uh, had the joy of knowing you for quite some time and uh, you have shared so many times with me how serving has changed your life Uh, So could you share a little bit about your history of serving and how Give a Kid a Chance just turned us into something that you had always dreamed of? Well, interesting enough, I started serving with Zip when I first came here to Revolution Church. Me too. (laughs) Huge part of my journey. And, you know, as as many of you know, I got saved here, baptized here. Now I work here, (laughs) which is pretty phenomenal. Um, But serving, to me, uh, opens up your heart. And to me... uh, you know, serving brings you closer to Jesus. When, you, when you're out there and you're seeing what uh, impact Jesus is having on the community and people that you interact with, and it really just shows what Jesus is all about and really is what strengthened me to be doing what I'm doing today. Well, Jasper killed it uh, at Give a Kid a Chance uh, from the preparation of to the execution of. Uh, what, what was the takeaway for you and, and, and what was that wow moment? Well, the takeaway for me was is how excited the, the county got about mm-hmm. Pickens County and how not only did the folks at Revolution Church, you know, always want to serve and do the best they can. We had a lot of people in the community who wanted to be a part of it. And to me, that was really exciting to watch. The school system got behind us like they never had before. And it was just very interesting to watch the whole community get involved and want to be a part of this. I, I don't want to you know, go away from Give a Kid a Chance here, but you mentioned community involvement. There, there is something way bigger happening right now in Pickens County. Can you just touch on the, the Pickens Collective uh, for, a, for a moment? But the Pickens Collective is actually it came out of what we have is the uh, Cherokee Collective, but it was getting a bunch of community partners and nonprofits and even other churches to get together and serve the immediate needs of folks. Cause you know, we have, a, we have a unique that we're not a company or a 501c. We're just a bunch of people trying to help the community. And we can cut through a lot of red tape. And yeah. We could just take care of it. Just last week, we had a, uh, we had a need for a family. And they were going to get their kids back. And they needed uh, to, a fire extinguisher and, and a smoke detector. And we put it out there. It was met in 10 minutes. So it's just changing the culture of how that happens up there in Pickens County and how eager they are for it. Back to give a kid a chance. What was that moment that you took away? Uh, for me, the, the most powerful moment for me was watching an, uh, a young student who's uh, just entering into high school. And at the end of the event, we were going to fill bags for, for the children that couldn't make it. And uh, he walked in there and with a bunch of volunteers and said, you know, what can I do? And they said, well, we're packing bags. Um, for you know to give to the to the kids and students that didn't make it and he looked over the shoulder of one of our volunteers and saw a name and 
He said, I know her. Mm. And uh, so he goes, I'll take that one. And it's just to watch him, you know, be very particular on what backpack he picked, what color of the things that he was putting in the bag, what he was putting in the bag, really to me brought home why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. And just, I think to me, it was a great definition of what a Give a Kid a Chance is all about on both sides. That's one awesome. for the community and, and one for the kids mm-hmm. we're serving. Zip, uh, this is not a, a surprise to you. Uh, this is not about a building. Uh, it's not about 125 Union Hill Trail. It's not about 689 North Main Street in Jasper. It's not about, I don't know the address of Hill 474 Town Lake Parkway. There you go. Um, and you've been part of the Cherokee Collective for a long time. We can talk more about that. But Give a Kid a Chance allowed the community to see that it's not about a church. Can you expand yep. on that? Yeah, so that was one of the things that we added to Give a Kid a Chance this year that, as far as I know, was not a part of the event in the past, and that was bringing in local churches, local nonprofits, local businesses to be a part of this to help pull it off. So the school system was here with uh, one of their buses and signing up kids for free and reduced lunches. They were also giving away or had job opportunities for parents that may needed a job. So they were one, the police department came out and the kids got to go through all the truck stuff and all that. And then a lot of the nonprofits from our community, which is in the Cherokee Collective, which Sarah and Hillside are a part of as well. A lot of them were out in the lobby for parents to come through and just check out that, you know, a parent may not know that they even existed. So that was a huge buzz in the lobby. And, you know, it was more than just giving a kid a chance. Is giving the whole family a chance to yes. figure out what other resources. Yeah, the resources in the lobbies uh, were tremendous, uh, especially uh, the organization that was giving out car seats. And yeah, that was Safe Kids. They gave out almost 45 car seats mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Sarah, at the end of that day, and it was an exhausting day, it was an exhausting six months. <laughs> at the end of the day, what was the takeaway that you had? What was that one moment that you were like, I've got to tell people about this. I have to tell the story. So for me, and I'll give you two, one from a more broad perspective, one of the things that touched me and that I couldn't help but notice was that everybody was happy. Everybody was full of joy. And that's not just the volunteers. That's not just the kids. That's the families. Everybody there was full of joy. And I don't think you can can miss that. Um, From a an individual perspective and story, you know, one of my constant prayers is that I never do anything to take anybody's dignity from them. Mm. And um, when I was looking over my list, there happened to be a family that I knew and Mm. I knew well and I knew personally, and it was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in 10, 15 years. And my prayer was, I hope that this is redemptive. And I hope that there is no dignity taken from her that she doesn't feel anything from being here and seeing um and the way it ended up working out she actually came to get her backpacks later and it was it was a redemptive experience and that was my prayer so that was my kind of my moment for the event that is incredible and what a what a beautiful heart to even be cognizant of that zip uh, you had a lot of moments uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably, probably <laughs> one some, or two. Probably some uh, sweating leading up to it. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the behind-the-scenes team members that spent months getting things ready? Because it's always good to uh, have a great event, uh, but it's important that people know a, a little bit about the flavor of what went into it. Yeah. So you know, all these supplies that came in to every site they just magically disappeared throughout the week um but we <laughs> in had a good, an amazing, in a good way we had an amazing team at uh, a mobile unit that the school has graciously given us to to use so uh susan furch um mm-hmm. and allison and larry moss worked their tails off yeah, for many months 
organizing, sorting, you know, not just how many of each item there was, but which campus they were going to, how many kids, even down to the details. And I know Susan worked her tail off on figuring out how many elementary girls, how many elementary boys, high school, middle school boys, high school, middle school girls. So it was a, uh, for them, they did an amazing job behind Organ- the scenes. Not organizing just the backpacks and the notebooks and the binders, but bundling number two pencils and making sure that each plastic bag had had enough erasers for an entire school year and things like that and it was pretty warm this summer uh, <laughs> it was in the 90s thankfully it was air conditioned in that unit but it wasn't air conditioned in some of the box trucks and yeah. i saw susan and allison and and larry in some box trucks in the middle of the heat of the afternoon going through boxes, organizing things. This cannot happen without team members like that. But it couldn't have happened without the hundreds of team members. And I I don't remember what the total was. You will. Um, I believe it was over over 350 volunteers, I think, between the three sites, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I would have to go back and look at that. I thought it was in the fives, but... Uh, it but, might have been in the five. But that's, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's pastor counting. <laughs> 540, there you go. Yeah, it's 540. 40, that's the official number. Uh, and 2,000 kids and their families served. What was your moment? So there was a couple of them for sure. And one of them goes back to even Sarah said something when we were all still trying to figure out how we were going to do the backpacks um, on placement, things like that. And I know Frank and his team were doing these backpack trees that looked really cool. And we were just thinking like, okay, well in the auditoriums, we'll just lay them out on the floor, just like give a kid a chance used to do back in the day. And then when I walked into Hillside to bring Sarah some stuff, she had these round tables set up and she's like we're gonna put the backpacks on the tables and i was like oh that's a great idea she's like what are you doing i was like i think we're just gonna put them on the floor and then she said something that it just blew me away i was like you are 100 percent right she said i wouldn't want to get my own backpack up off a floor Mm. so that's why in my mind that was one of my takeaways of like something i didn't really think about but she had put some thought into of dignity Right, so a part of that dignity of taking a backpack off a floor or off a table, the other moment would be the kids filling their own backpacks with their own supplies. Yes. So if they wanted a green binder instead of a red binder, they could pick out the green binder. Yeah. And I don't know of anybody else that's doing it that way. Um, it was a big undertaking to do it like that, mm-hmm. but just to see the smiles on the kids' faces as they came through and picked out their, their stuff. Yeah, they got to come into each of the auditoriums and shop and pick their own stuff out. Uh, And I thought that was really special. And just the looks on the faces of the kids and how excited they were to put their backpacks on and then walk out into the lobby. There were were a lot of moments from that day. And we don't wanna just take curtain calls um, and and shine a spotlight on uh, what has happened. Uh, We wanna tell the stories we want to thank people it were not for the generosity of the communities in which we live the churches that we go to the community partners involved this does not happen so all that said what's next well, next year, we, we, we shot for 3000 I think what all three of us figured out real quick was we did set a limit for each location on mm-hmm. how many kids we thought we could do. Mm-hmm. So, and then after talking to both of them, Sarah was like, oh, we could totally double that for next year. Frank was like, we could totally double that for next year. Here in Canton, we could totally double that for next year. So yep. that's what's next. But I do have a question for you. Yes. Since you are the question asker, okay. what was your big takeaway? Oh, man. Wow. So uh, there were many that day. And uh, since we've been talking about the kids, we've been talking about um, some of the more powerful moments, we had a team member. And, and I think of the 400, 540 team members, maybe 540 of them were surprised by the day. Because you, you go into it thinking, hey, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve. I serve at Revolution. I serve at Hillside. I serve in Jasper. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do my thing, and then you know I'll go home to my family or, or whatever. I think everybody was surprised 
of the impact that was happening. This wasn't just giving out a backpack. This was life-changing for some, uh, dignity-filling for some. And we had a team member that came running up to me in tears, um, probably around noon, about halfway through the day, and said, hey, I was only supposed to serve the morning shift. Now I'm, I'm getting teared, but I don't want to go home. I don't want to leave what's happening here. Not, I don't want to stop serving. I don't want to leave what's happening here. And, and that was one of the moments that I, I just looked around and I was so thankful that the Lord has provided not just the provision for this, the opportunity for this. Because as Frank said, it is life-changing to serve when you understand that Jesus came to serve and not be served. So guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know your time is valuable. And uh, I started out by saying you guys are, are rock stars. Um, thank you for leading it so well, Zip. Thanks for leading uh, this entire project. Uh, we're, we're welcome. We're very proud of you. Thank you. Man, that was uh, incredible. I was I was going to say this before we went to the break because you you stressed we had a chance. Yes. To sit down with. Oh them. yeah, we and then did. I was going to say we had a chance <laughs> to talk about give a kid a chance. Very good. So we took that chance Excellent. about giving kids some chances. I, I wasn't I wasn't even thinking. Uh, um, you got to be quick. You got to yeah. be quick. But so good. Those are the first guests we've ever had on the Grow People podcast. Yeah, I don't know if that's sad or not. I mean, they're great ones to be the first ones. Yes. Yeah, yes. so from that standpoint, but maybe we should have more guests. I don't know. And thanks to our producer, Chandler, uh, for putting that set together, very creative, uh, kind of a Tonight Show feel to it. Uh, and also uh, Brian uh, for running sound for that. And, uh, and what, what is with Billy's role? Billy's a team member. Team member. Team member Billy. Team Oversight. member Billy. TMB. <laughs> There we go. Um, no, it, it was a really good segment, though, and I'm glad that we highlighted, because we've been talking about wanting to do that for a mm -hmm. while, like using this podcast not only to deal with subjects that we may not get to talk about in a weekend or things that are going on or, or go deeper into those, um, but then also to highlight other things that, that happen here and as a way to not only celebrate them, but to reinforce you know, what we as a church want to see accomplished. And something like Give a Kid a Chance is so amazing in that you get to see, you, you know, in a bigger scale, just the impact of our church. Um, but the real primary reason why we do those things, and really this is kind of our guiding philosophy when it comes to how we spend money, when it comes to outreach or missions, you know, I always like to say we don't have a missions department here. Right. Because that's like saying that the Falcons have a football department. Which is debatable. Yeah, which is debatable. Uh, it's what we do. Or it's like the Braves having a baseball department. How oh, about we say that one? And they're good. Yeah, they have one. Yes, they do. They do. They're pretty good. And But our, our kind of our guiding philosophy when it comes to missions or things that we do is twofold. One, we want it to mobilize our people, and then we want it to be multipliable, you know, a multiplication element to it. So the amazing thing about an, an, an event like Give a Kid a Chance is you get to see those two things you know, we, of course we want to make an impact in our community, but we also want to mobilize our people to live life on mission mm -hmm. and, and they get a real easy, tangible way to kind of mm. on ramp into that to where, you know, the most amazing thing about the event wasn't staff. Um, it was all these amazing team members serving and doing things. And, you know, it was highlighted in that video, how many 500 and something 540. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to mobilize our people to live life on mission so that they get a taste about, you know, we don't have to do an event like this every week, but they get to see what it's like to, when you live life on mission and have an impact. And then not only did we multiply that to more locations, but then hopefully it'll start to multiply on its own in a micro sense through all of our people living life on mission every day. Mm. Um, so that's why I love those events so much is, it's very tangible. It meets a need in our community, but it mobilizes our people to live life on mission and kind of catch that bug for that. That's why he cast the vision. Uh, next event, as Zip was sharing, is Hope for Christmas. We'll, we'll talk more about that on the Grow People podcast. But there was a real tangible 
uh, application of some scripture that you have been preaching mm-hmm. in in John chapter fourteen uh, that um, we will do greater things mm-hmm. than he mm-hmm. uh, simply because we have a multitude of people. Uh, can you share a little bit about that in the context of living life on mission? Yeah, you know when when we did that text a couple of weeks ago, it, it really is a remarkable set of scriptures, you know, and and obviously any anytime you're dealing with um, scriptures or theological context, you know, um, like the the way to study the Bible is kind of the overarching what they call hermeneutics is. It has one meaning, but many applications. So meaning one, applications many, is the is the kind of guiding principle. So it was it was one of the titles of one of the podcasts, Hermeneutics Monster. Oh, we did talk about yes. that, didn't we? That's right. We we discussed that on here. I forgot. But my the reason I'm saying that now is um, you know, people have debated about what Jesus meant there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it greater in degree? Because obviously no one can do the works that Jesus did. That's right. He was God in the flesh. No one can go to the cross. No one can live a sinless, perfect life. So obviously we don't believe that Jesus means greater in degree in that sense. Um, but I do think one of the applications of that is, you know, and we talked about this last week or yeah, whenever this comes out, that we have the Holy Spirit not beside us now, but inside us. And we'll discuss that in a minute. But the point now is, you know, the Holy Spirit um, was obviously empowering Jesus to do what he did. And now the Holy Spirit can empower anybody who trusts in Jesus. And so just by sheer uh, quantity now, there's more people empowered by the Holy Spirit to do um, works, good works. And so I think one application of what Jesus was getting at there is now you have the you will have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you'll you'll be doing greater works in the sense of Jesus was limited to one location in human history, mm-hmm. but now Christians throughout human history spread out all over the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit, doing good works. It's greater. There's more of them going on mm-hmm. uh, at one time than were going on when it was just Jesus. So that's when you think about it in that concept or con- context it's really pretty miraculous to think about something like give a kid a chance going on is an application of the outworking of Jesus saying, those are the greater things because it's going on in multiple locations. It's right. going on, not just in our church, mm-hmm. we have friends of ours doing it elsewhere. And, you know, just the work of God going on all over the world um, is I think a application of an example of that text. Let's talk uh, more about John 14. Um, we have several, uh, I don't know how many, uh, but it's it's many. Uh, former pastors, retired pastors, the good revolution. Uh, this is something we've talked about on a podcast before, that uh, God has drawn people to this church because of the truth in the preaching. Um, and uh, I talked to three pastors who go to this church, former pastors, and they were blown away by the last couple of weeks, mm. uh, the teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I've never heard a clearer picture of the role of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, than this past weekend. So, you know, what are you what are you looking at in this scripture? And you already mentioned it. There's the with and there's the in. Yeah, yeah, and that's very gracious. Those I, I actually saw one of them at lunch after church on Sunday, and we got to talk, and that was super cool. I mean, y- you know. We, it's not good for us to live on the praises of other people, you know, sure. as Paul said in Galatians one ten. you know, I'm not doing this for the applause of others, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's not, it's not like it hurts, you know, mm-hmm. like it's nice to hear that. And it's, it's encouragement also. Yeah. It's encouragement. And where I'm going with that is, you know, people might say, Oh, I love that sermon or that, but what the encouragement that means the most to me is pastors like that who have retired from ministry and yet like just, and I'm not saying their opinion means more to me than others, but they know, they know what ministry is like. They know what preaching is like. They know what studying the Bible is like. So when I get encouragement from guys like that, um, that means a lot to me because, um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for my elders anyway. Um, 
but I don't know something about guys. Yeah, that's why I respect you, and uh, <laughs> which that was disrespectful. No, um, no, it wasn't. Oh, okay, it uh, wasn't. Okay, I'm, good. I, I'm, I'm what twenty years older than you? No, not quite. Seventeen, eighteen, seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Se- seventeen years. Yeah. yeah, I'll be forty-four next and, month. And, and I love that. And and you know what is really cool? And I know we weren't planning on on getting into this because you are my pastor. You get to father me, mm. and and I love that. I love coming under your authority. Well, and I appreciate that. And again, that means a lot because it it's it's one thing for someone younger than you to listen to you because there's kind of this built in like, well, they're older than me. They know more, you know, and that's what I'm getting at. But to hear a retired 70 something year old pastor want to come to church here and want to be pastored, you know, by us and and listen to the sermons, that that just means a ton to me that they would. I mean, they're they're they have a radar I mean, they have a, a heretic radar. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> yeah. it, that's, it's hard for pastors to go to church a lot of times right. because they are looking for things mm-hmm. uh, or listening to sermons like, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, so again, it just means a lot to get encouragement from those guys. Um, so that's really, really cool to hear that. Um, but yeah, I think th- this text in general, you know, a lot of people love, uh, there's certain chapters in the Bible, uh, like Romans chapter eight has been called the greatest chapter in the Bible. And I don't discount that, which ironically talks about the Holy Spirit quite a bit in there. Um, but I feel like John 14 is becoming one of my, like, you know, like, oh, this is one of the other greatest chapters right. in the Bible. Because and we were talking about this before this last week's message. It was really cool how one week, you know, we were talking about the person of Jesus and how he is the image. And I had the mirror on stage. He is the image of God. And but he's not just an inanimate object like a mirror. He's a person, but he perfectly mirrors the Father. Um, so one week we're, we're talking about him, and then the next week, because that's what Jesus does, we're talking about the third person of, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So it was really cool. It was kind of like a cool one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about the Son, and then we're talking about the Spirit. And to see how they interact with each other in our life. You know, the Holy Spirit you know, the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus purchased. And that was a, that was a good alliteration. It right was, there. it was nice. That wasn't Chan- Chandler, intentional. You, you got that time marker. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pull that for something, right? Go back. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the person of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> his power, the promises was another one was purchased by Jesus. And so it's amazing to me that Jesus, like we focus so much on Jesus and rightly so. Yes. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I mean, our mission statement is love Jesus, grow people, because it is about Jesus. But it's amazing to me how Jesus said, hey, it's better for you that I go, mm-hmm. you know, and how he talks about, like he said in, in verse 17 and 18, I will come to you. You know, the Holy Spirit's with you right now, but he will be in you. And how Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus loves us so much that he knew it was good for him to go to, to bring the Holy Spirit. And so when we think about that, uh, and one of the points that I made, which um, I think is so important for us to understand, all the commands of Jesus are empowered mm-hmm. by the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I think we, that's the part that we miss. Yes. Yes. That's the part that I missed for so long is we just focus on those texts. If you love me, you obey my commandments, rightly so. Like I said this, uh, you know, in that message, um, Christianity is a religion. Um, We do have a religion. We do have rules. We do have commandments. We have beliefs. Um, So I think it's wrong to say it's not a religion. But what makes Christianity a different religion is we, we already have access to the ability to obey the commandments. Um, so we're not trying to earn something by obeying. We are living out what has already been earned for mm-hmm. us in Christ, empowered by the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's what I really wanted to try to communicate to people is so often we think about the Holy Spirit, he's attached to um, you know, things that we are afraid of, like, oh, speaking in tongues or... Um, miracles or, and again, I'm not saying that those things don't exist. I think they do. We're not cessationist in belief. I I still believe that 
the Holy Spirit is continuing to do those things. However, at the same time, I think we do a disservice when we categorize a move of the Holy Spirit only as some kind of physical healing Mm -hmm. or some kind of physical manifestation like speaking in tongues or something like that. Right. When overwhelmingly, uh, the Bible talks way more about obeying, obedience, uh, as Paul did in Romans 8, you know, walking in the Spirit. And so it's interesting, Paul, um, you know, he had to write a couple chapters in Corinthians about how people use spiritual gifts wrongly Mm -hmm. um, and because they kind of get out of whack with it. But he never had to write a chapter about people obeying too much because of the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Right. And so, again, where I'm going with that is I think people overemphasize the role of the Holy Spirit is in like, he's not moving if you don't see these miracles. And then they, we underemphasize the role of the Holy Spirit in our obedience. That, and what I mean by that is God enables us to do what he commanded us to do. And you know, the fruit of the spirit is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like that fruit is the fruit of the spirit and God will grow that if we simply ask and we'll first understand what's the power that's available to us and ask for it, Mm -hmm. ask for the power to obey. And I think that was the point or one of the points that Jesus was trying to get across in that text is, um, you know, it's, as I joked before, it's not father, son, Holy Bible, it's father, son, Holy spirit. And, it's amazing to have, you know, I use the example of the with, you know, next to it's, um, you know, that, that with, um, is the Greek word para. It's amazing to have an associate to help carry me mm-hmm. if I can't do it. Right. That's great. But it's a whole nother thing to have a power within me. Yes. And, and that's what I think a lot of people, again, myself included for so long and even still now, we miss out on because we still think about him as something with us as, as opposed to someone in us. Yeah. You had uh, used an illustration, uh, I think in only one of the messages uh, this weekend of the footsteps. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the famous picture of the two yeah. foot, the two, pa- two sets of footsteps. And then there's one set of footsteps. And, and that's another example of how we do miss that. And sometimes we miss it because we forget. Yeah, that that's one bad thing about preaching multiple gatherings is I might say something in one that I just didn't think about in the other, and then yeah. I'll just blame it on the Holy Spirit. I'm like, well, he didn't give me that example before. <laughs> and so there's sometimes people will watch the message back, and they were like, well, he didn't say that. I didn't hear him. Or I said something that I didn't say again, and it wasn't in the one that we put online, and people will go back for it. But yeah, that was in the 1115, and... um I made that reference because again, a lot of times as Christians, we can be real cliche and colloquial and um, that picture of, you know, the two, there's two footprints in the sand and then it mm-hmm. goes to one. And then the guy asked Jesus, why, why did you leave me during this time? He's like, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you, um, which is good. And I'm not saying that's bad, right? but I made the joke of like, but that's a misunderstanding of he's been carrying me the whole time. Right. There's always only one set of footprints and it's my footprints, but it's Jesus in me through the person, of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. But again, we tend to think about Jesus with us on the outside, which is, and, and again, I, I didn't, I tried not to make fun of people, although in my younger years I might've, but that's, what's crazy to me why we pray the way we do. And we say, Oh God, be with us today. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think I'm just of the belief of like, if it's meaningless, why say it? But then two, on a deeper level, it's like, well, no wonder our lives lack power because we're not even praying correctly. We're, we're missing out on power that's available to us because our prayers are wimpy. Our prayers are like, oh, just be with us. And God's like, okay, you know, <laughs> not that he would say it like that. But again, I was joking about, that's actually a step backwards. Right. He's in me. Mm-hmm. Why would I want him to come outside of me and be with me? It, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, we, we just don't think that way. And, and quite often, you know, we're, we're saying pithy things yeah. uh, because we don't know what else to say. Yeah. So a lot of this is growth in understanding the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
understanding the person of Jesus mm-hmm. and what his actual role is in our lives. Yeah. So we would probably change the way we pray if we understood both of those. Yeah. And that's really a great point. Like that's what I was trying to accomplish. Or one of the things I was trying to accomplish is again, instead of just making fun of people for how they pray to say, no, change the way you pray. Mm -hmm. Because if you change the way you pray, and that's what was so revolutionary to me in my younger years was I kept trying to obey God so that God would look down and be happy with me. Yeah. As opposed to realizing, no, when God, Mm -hmm. if I'm in Christ, he is happy with me because Christ perfectly obeyed him. But now what I have available to me is the power, again, through the purchase of Christ, of the Holy Spirit to help me obey. And so my prayer life changed to the point to where now I can say, God, I don't want to obey you. I don't want to do what you said. So I need the Holy Spirit right now to fill me. Mm-hmm. I need the Holy Spirit to change my desires. My flesh right now is really strong. As the Bible says, The flesh, Jesus said, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. So again, if that's true, if the spirit of God is willing in me, then it'll change how I pray to admit my own weakness. Mm -hmm. As Paul said in St. Corinthians, when I'm weak, then he's strong. Um, But we're so afraid of being weak before God that because we think we have to prove ourselves to him Mm -hmm. when that's why the whole be with me thing just doesn't make any sense as opposed to saying, no, I'm weak. As I use the example, there's so many times where I know I'm called to love my wife, but I don't want to. And so I'll say, God, right now, I don't want to love my wife. I'm mad at her. But will you overcome my resistance? Will you overcome this and empower me to love my wife? Because that's what you commanded me to do. Mm-hmm. It was interesting when you said that in, in the messages, that you know there are times where you don't feel like loving your wife. Yeah. And and there were people like, <gasps> yeah. And and I'm sitting there thinking, We've all felt that. Oh, yeah. We just lied about it, or we weren't being honest about it. We, we have yeah. all felt that about everybody in our yeah. lives. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, whether it was D.A. Carson or probably every theologian has said this, you know, we don't obey God to gain his favor. We already have his favor. Yeah. We obey because we have his favor. Yeah. And, and not only that, that is true, but he empowers the obedience. Mm-hmm. And so it was funny, Zip who was, you know, we were interviewing earlier with Give a Kid a Chance, actually texted me after the message, and it was so cool. It was so cool. Um, and he said something that I hadn't thought of, but he was like, hey, when you were talking today in the message about, because I made the whole point about the first with was, is the Greek word meta and how that means after. Right. And then we talked about metaphysical, like, you know, the Holy Spirit is metaphysical. He's after, you know, Jesus. But I was, I was, relating that to the concept of supernatural. Like we have this metaphysical power or supernatural power available to us, a power from another world, another person, another place living in us. And then Zip texts me later and said, hey, when you were talking today, I kept thinking of the Greek word metanoia, which is the Greek word for transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as Paul in Romans 12, let us be transformed. But I'd never thought about it like that. And I said, dude, you're totally right. And his point was the, the prefix meta, same word, and then noia means transform or form. And so the, the point is the transformation is brought about by the meta. So you have no meta noia without meta. Yes. Without the Holy Spirit. Right. And so to your point, and, and that's where I was like, and I told Zip, I was like, dude, that's so awesome. I didn't even think about that mm-hmm. word. Like there is no transformation in us. There is no change in us without the Holy Spirit taking up residence in us, the meta, the withness, you know, with us in Christ, changing us, transforming us. And that's the point I'm trying to say is I think a lot of times we're so frustrated at the lack of metanoia, at the lack of transformation Mm -hmm. in our lives. And it's because we haven't accessed the meta that's available to us, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that's available to us to actually produce the metanoia, the transformation. So we keep trying to get the change without the change agent. Ooh. You know? Yeah. And, and, and if you are, are listening to this podcast and you haven't uh, seen the messages, 
uh, from this past weekend. Yeah, go listen. Go go listen. Then I'll explain in depth all of the meta. And I I don't know if we have time to get into this, but that filling of the Holy Spirit happens. The Holy Spirit comes into us at regeneration. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and you have spoken about this numerous times because there are so many uh, believers who will say, I got saved and then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. They would say I got baptized in the Holy Spirit because again, and yeah, maybe we can do a whole, whole podcast on this from a theological perspective, yes. why we think that way. But yeah, very simply, the, and, and they read it in the book of Acts and they forget, in my opinion, a lot of times that that's historical. It was explaining things that happened. It was not prescribing them. Um, but my contention is, yeah, there's no way, like I didn't, tr- when I trusted Christ, I, that was a result of the Holy Spirit's work in my life. So it's not like I had, it's impossible for me to say, well, I had a relationship with Jesus, but not with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I can only have a relationship with Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's how it happens. So that's why we don't like the language. But at the same time, I think a lot of people who kind of react again, that's a more charismatic or Pentecostal uh, theology. But I think a lot of people who wouldn't categorize themselves as that way only have a category of the Holy spirit as that separate kind of distinct baptism of the Holy spirit, which is going to be manifested by miraculous signs. I think a lot of people shy away from that. Like I was saying earlier, that ditch. Mm -hmm. So they unintentionally stay over here in this ditch and say, ah, the Holy Spirit, he's scary. You know, I'm like, well, well, then how do you obey Jesus? Because you got saved by the Holy Spirit. You obey Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And so, again, I think there's a lot of people that have just thought and kind of um, ditches theologically. Like, I don't want to be in that ditch, but I'm over here. And so they're so frustrated by the lack of transformation in their life because they they don't rely on the Holy Spirit to empower them to obey. And that's, again, that's where I was early on for, I mean, 15 years probably mm-hmm. or longer walking with Jesus, thinking that I was walking with Jesus myself. Um, but no, but Paul talks about walk by the Spirit. So I can't, again, going back to the whole feet in the sand, I can't walk with Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is the one that's enabling me to do it. And so, yeah, again, I think it would probably be helpful. We have a lot of podcasts that we're going to do, in Times, Holy Spirit. we got a lot. Thank goodness, hopefully we'll have time to do them. How to, how to evangelize. Yeah. How to evangelize to particular groups of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that too. Um, so there's a lot. You, you want to make sure that you're listening to the uh, Grow People podcast, that you're subscribing to the Grow People podcast, that you're sharing that on your social media, that you're telling your friends. Uh, Fast Becoming, uh, America's number one podcast. <laughs> At least Canton, Georgia's number one, hopefully. Uh, if you want a, a, a transcript. Or Jasper, yes. maybe. But we're big in Jasper. Huge. Yeah. Uh, if you want a transcript of today's podcast, uh, just write down everything we said. Uh, as always, ending the show with the best advice that we have ever heard, which is... Trust God, take a nap. Yep. It's bumper sticker worthy. See you next time.